morning. Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, joins us to talk commodities. Scott, welcome. Before we get into uh, what's playing out in terms of markets, uh, energies, metals, and grains, for that matter, I want to get your thoughts on, first and foremost, we started this morning off talking about this uh, President Biden, President Xi Jinping meeting summit, virtual summit today, tonight, I should say, and how we're not expecting any seismic changes to come from it, but uh, it could, at the very least, help support markets or if we get some sort of, uh, you know, outlier derail potentially some of the sentiment we're seeing, but uh, certainly a focal point to begin the week, nonetheless. It, it absolutely is, Ben. And, and I really think, as you just said, it's, it's more about optics than okay. anything else. I don't think we're going to get any sort of definitive, uh, you know, roadmap on, on, on anything from, from trade to energy. I don't think anything like that is going to come out of it. But I do think the markets will react to, you know, what the press says about this meeting. Was it a good meeting? Mm -hmm. are, they, are they cordial? Are they on the same page? So I think it's really more about optics. And I, I don't really see it as market moving unless, like you said, there is something that derails any any further potential thoughts. Uh, some sort of a joint statement or lack thereof maybe will be a focal point tomorrow morning. But ultimately, I heard that uh, really the focus is going to be on climate, and which brings us into the energies ultimately. I mean, because they have been, well, rallying recently up to 85. We looked at the move lower uh, before we went into break as far as some of the price decay we've seen back down below 80 uh, overnight. But this many kind of point to some of the policies the Biden administration's enacted uh, as of recent, again, uh, relative to what we'd seen throughout the Trump administration, this uh, lack of dependency on foreign oil versus as of recent, you have the Biden administration kind of uh, asking and pleading to uh, members of OPEC to increase production ultimately. But uh, really it ties back to price increases at the pump, price increases in terms of heating oil, in terms of uh, WTI. I mean, ultimately, this is what has inflation concerns on the rise. Yeah, there's no question about that. But, you know, right now, front and center, there, there's a lot of, of push and pull, if you will. You've got the big inflation concerns and, yeah. you know, prices at the pump, as you said, just absolutely, you know, ridiculously expensive. But when you break this down, you've got a couple things maybe fighting for lower oil prices. Number one is obviously the overhang of whether the Biden administration is, is going to tap the, the SPR. That's number one. If they if they come out and they say they're not going to look out mm -hmm. to the ups, yeah, big time. I think that's help. That's helping to to maybe cap some of the. Okay, good point. Two, you just you just got OPEC plus downgrading demand mm -hmm. for Q4, mm -hmm. and a lot of that unfortunately is based on another COVID surge overseas. So you've got that also maybe keeping a lid on prices just a little bit, and then of course you've got the stronger dollar here. That all being said, though. The bottom line is we're all paying, you know, severely, severely at the pump right now. And, and it's really anyone's guess as, as to what is going to happen here. My my best guesstimate is I, w I think we hit 75 before we hit 85. And we're right in the middle there. I would bet on the lower number than, you know, happening first before the higher number.
Prescott, 75 before 85. You mentioned uh, strategic petroleum reserves and, again, the idea that, uh, well, ultimately, if they don't release them, uh, how we could see some movement to the upside. What about uh, if they do release them? Has this been priced in? You mentioned how this kind of helps sort of uh, limit the upside momentum. We had seen the trajectory. But if they do release them, maybe more than expected, or certainly the headlines should be watched. You get that intraday volatility reaction to most times. Yeah, and, and I don't think that would be a buy the rumor, sell the news. I do think there's a little bit, you know, hold, holding prices firm or, yeah. or steady, not rising. But if they make an announcement that they're going to release it, I think you could see a, a, a quick, you know, 3 4% drop in okay. the price of oil. All right, we'll keep an eye on potentially 75 to 485. We're right in the middle of that range right now. Scott, uh, gold rallied last week, even amidst dollar strength. Uh, while it might be slowing some of that momentum to the upside in crude, it certainly hasn't uh, slowed uh, the rally in forward slash GC. No, it really hasn't. And, and you know, maybe more so now than any time over the last couple of years, especially as, as Bitcoin and crypto has, mm -hmm. has become more and more in favor of an inflation hedge. Now the old purists are really stepping up to the forefront and saying, you know what, in this environment, gold is that inflation hedge and you know we are seeing a little bit of a pullback although you just noted that it just ticked positive uh, i think it had been negative all all night and you know this rally looked to continue here um especially after the aftermath what we saw last week with the inflation numbers cpi numbers um you know gold is in favor right now is it in favor to get back to those highs you know around 2000 probably not but Certainly, all these uh, economic data points that we're getting pointing to persistent inflation Inflation is giving gold tailwinds. Uh, one of those data points, if we could just pull it up here, actually, it's on the lower third. If we could take a look, though, on a full screen, the Empire State Manufacturing. This is the chart of gold, as Scott was just speaking to the bid, the breakout to the upside. We're holding above the 50-day moving average. But, uh, Scott, we just had a number this morning, and uh, we were talking about a busy week to come here, how retail sales, certainly the major focal point. There it is, uh, New York Manufacturing at 30.9, well above estimates prior at 19 point. It seems like the numbers in the U.S., while we kind of lost some of the momentum in terms of the beats, are coming back into play after a really strong jobs report, some good weekly numbers on the uh, jobless front. I mean, okay, you mentioned the inflation number, a major concern there, but strong numbers across the board here in terms of the U.S. getting back on track. Absolutely, Ben. Outside of what we saw at the end of last week with consumer sentiment, which, yeah. which I actually think That was a major miss, you're right. It was a major miss, yeah. I think that's a one-off. Yeah, okay. This week's retail sales numbers are going to be really important. We just got the numbers out of China last night. They were better than expected. You know, I don't know how that is going to reflect what we have here, but this is so important right now, maybe more so than any time over the last nine, 10 okay. months or so, because we've got to see what that the consumer is like heading into this holiday yeah. season. This is huge. But as you said, economic numbers across the board, with the exception of the inflation numbers, have been pretty solid. Uh, certainly, we know the uh, significance, the importance of the holiday season for these retailers. Scott, uh, infrastructure uh, moving away from gold into more silver, copper. We have some housing numbers this week. Copper getting a little bit of a lift from the signage of the bill. Uh, I think it was a week ago this past Friday. So what are you watching there in terms of metals aside from gold? Yeah, in, in the copper space, obviously, the infrastructure deal, it should be a positive. But mm -hmm. I think you're also starting to get you know, uh, again, a little bit of negativity in copper because of what's going on in China. There's a lot of worries there in China, the property crisis going on, 
the real estate sector, which accounts for a major share of the copper consumption in China. And China is the, the largest uh, you know, consumer of copper in the world. So I think that's putting a little bit of a cap here. But down the road, in the long run, I think both for copper and silver, I think the infrastructure deal is a positive. Yeah, you know, we were talking about uh, economic data out of Asia a minute ago earlier in the show and how it just hasn't really uh, reflected some of the uh, recovery efforts that we'd like to see or progress in recovery. It's been very mixed still. And you bring up a good point. Copper kind of lost some of its momentum earlier this spring, up around 48 is some of the COVID numbers and concerns tied to Asia, as again, uh, they are uh, such a huge factor in that discussion. As you mentioned, Scott, the largest uh, importer. Scott Bauer, always appreciate you joining us. Thanks for giving us a Monday morning uh, this week. Scott Bauer, the CEO Thanks. of Prosper Trading Academy, sharing part of his.